0: Welcome to Endure the Fire. This is your host, Andrew Fultz. My hope is today you will be motivated, equipped, and encouraged to endure the fire that you're facing today in your life. Thank you for joining. Let's jump right on in. Hello, everybody. This is Andrew with Endure the Fire. We are so glad that you have tuned back in to another podcast episode. We're just so excited to come out to you today, and I've got an interesting topic that I just want to uh, share with you and talk with you about. I feel like it's just so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I personally am excited about this <clears throat> because I have, I have preached this, I have lived this, I have experienced this, and I know that everybody listening to me, you're in the same boat as I am. All right, this is something that uh, affects everybody. If you're a human being, uh, this topic today is for you. And that topic today is a very simple one. Very, very simple. Nothing nothing too deep for none of us to understand and realize. But it's a simple topic on there is more. All right, very simple, right? There is more more and you say, well Andrew, of course there's more. there's more of everything good yeah, you're already you're already understanding okay there is more. Uh, now uh, some of you are probably thinking, well I hope there's nothing uh, more. <clears throat> I've got enough bad in my life. Oh there's there's more bad <laughs> uh, there's more bad, but that's not what I want to talk about today. Hopefully we steer you away from that from the bad. And as I've been just pondering and thinking about different things, uh, there was three different categories that I wanted to touch on um, today in this podcast episode. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot, a lot of uh, categories that we could get on. And, and of course, we will with this podcast because I, this is not a one-subject podcast. It's basically whatever we want to talk about, we'll talk about it. Um, but there's three uh, really categories that I want to talk to you about today, about there is more. And that's, spir- that's simply um, your spiritual life. Um, and I want to touch a little bit on your health uh, and even finances. And, and it's simply there is more. Um, you know, I talk to people, and I've talked to people in the past, and, and, and it's, it's actually sad of the people um, that has accepted where they are. They, they have, they've accepted where they are, uh, whether it's because uh, generations past, uh, they saw mommy, daddy, uh, grandma, grandpa, or maybe they saw neighbors, maybe they uh, saw co-workers, maybe they just saw their county, their area, their, uh, I mean, you name it, they have a reason, you know, that's, that's it for them, they, they've reached their limit. And I think that is so sad. Uh, I think that is so sad that they've reached their limit. But let's just jump in, uh, first of all, on the spiritual side. And as a pastor and a um, preacher in radio ministry and, and you know, been in ministry now for, I, I can't right off the top of my head, I can't really think, maybe uh, 12 years, I think, preaching. Been going to church since eight days old. So, I mean, basically I've done this all my life. And, you know, I, I've watched it down through the years, and as the years is progressing, sadly, it's getting worse and worse and worse. It's almost like a, uh, a cancer, really. It's, it's spreading uh, not only just in people, but it's spreading amongst the people, and, and, and that is so sad. But I've watched people down through time, and you can see it, um, you know, just like I can. Uh, most of the time, you can track people. Um, you can watch them, and, and and they they feel like they've reached their limit. Um, they they can't have no more of God. They um, they can't get no deeper in them. Uh, well, you know they got saved one time, um, but they've reached their limit. You know there's nothing else for them. Um, they don't need no more. Uh, mommy didn't have no more of God. Uh, grandma didn't have no more. Daddy didn't. Grandpa didn't. Or um, so-and-so over there in the church, they didn't have no more God. But, you know, so I've reached my limit. Preacher, I don't, I don't need no more God. I don't need to, um, I don't need to pray. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to give. I don't need to seek God for myself. But there's one story in the Bible that really, uh, it had an impact on me. I preached it. Um, Probably six months to a year ago, and it's a very familiar scripture, and 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 you've you've heard probably your preacher, even me. Maybe if you listen to broadcast or attend the church where I pastor, you've uh, of course they've heard me preach it, you know, numerous times. But uh, that night, I was at a visiting church, and I and I preached it. It's over in Acts chapter three, and it's very very familiar scripture. It was uh, uh, about the lame man. The Bible said he was a certain lame man that. Uh, had been lame from his mother's womb and he was carried daily at the gate you remember him and I mean he was an innocent man um, from his mother's womb there that he was lame and I mean if if you wanted to simplify with somebody and and, you know really feel sorry I mean this was the guy to feel sorry for I mean he he was innocent as innocent could be Um, but daily this became his lifestyle daily he would go to the uh, temple there, and, and at the gate, and he would ask of alms uh, to them that entered into the te- temple. And in verse three, you'll find there in Acts uh, three that he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, and he asked he asked them for alms. And, and I mean, he was at a perfect spot. I mean, he was just doing what his lifestyle did. He, no doubt, he felt he he reached his limit. Uh, there was no more for him, you know. And then all of a sudden. Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John, he said, "Look on us, sir. Look on us." And and Peter knew what he was asking for. He, Peter wasn't uh, ignorant to what he was asking for. But at that moment, they th- his life was going to change. Okay, at that moment, he was going to realize there was more. All right. So Peter said, "Of course, fasten your eyes. Look upon us." And the Bible said that a certain laymen he gave heed unto them, or in other words, he gave attention. And this is what this part of the verse really gets me. <clears throat> when he gave attention to them, he was expecting to receive something of them. <laughs> and I want you to look at that. See, there was something upon Peter and John. They was the anointing power of God. That was on Peter and John. But this certain lame man was at the state in his life where there was nothing more for him. He had reached the point in, of his life that he, he had reached his full potential. He was going to be the lame man. He was going to be the beggar. As was it. He'd reached his full potential. There was nothing else, okay? And now there's people right now, you're listening to me, and you're not, okay, I'll give you this, you're not the lame man, and you may not even be a man at all, okay? And you're not begging by, uh, by the gate. You're not asking for gold and silver. And, okay, your circumstances is different, but if you would be honest with me, And you was here today as I was doing this podcast. You could say, Andrew, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same shape as that lame man is. I've reached my full potential. There's nothing more for me. There's nothing else that I can upgrade. There's nothing else I can do. This is it. This is it. And I, I would love to see the show of hands of how many, if you would be honest in your heart, could say, "This is it. I, I'm there. I, I'm there. There's there. There's nothing else." Well, good news. Good news to you that should have your hands up right now. And you know what that is? There is more, Amen. There is more. Now we can continue to read, and uh, the Bible said so Peter spoke to him and said, silver and gold have I none. So in other words, what you're desiring, your limit that you have put in front of you, sir, I don't have that. I don't have that. But he said, but what I do have, I give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he reached down and he grabbed him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately... His feet and ankle bones received strength. And today that's what I want to do for you. I want to talk to you and encourage you, whether it's spiritually, whether it's uh, in your health, whether it's financially, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in the relationship with your children, whether it's uh, with your job, let me encourage you there is more there is more now we can go just looking at his story what happened to him did he fall back down did uh, did this man did he you know get uh, lame again and uh, no 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 he leaping up and stood and walked and entered with them into the temple and he was walking and leaping and praising God and he, he wasn't doing it in secret. Bible said all the people saw him. Do you realize today there's people listening that if we could compare your circumstance with he with his, you're begging when you should be leaping, you're begging when you should be running, you are depressed when you are to be praising God. Why? Because there's more. There's more. There was this interesting story I read and I loved it. Uh, I loved I loved the story and and they was this uh, and just sort of I'll give you sort of a summary of it. Uh, there was this woman by the name of uh, Jean and uh, this woman she was um, she dealt with depressions, uh, she had dealt with things in her life in the past, and she was having a lot of trouble uh overcoming it she went to the doctors for her depression and and things like that and they realized it wasn't nothing you know chemical it was just simply uh, you know she wasn't overcoming um you know the tragic things that happened in her life and, and I'm gonna I'll be the first to tell you there's there's things that happens in your life and you've got a I mean you've got a reason uh to be where you're at I'm, I'm not please never never think that I, I'm not agreeing with you because you because you do, and and she did too. Uh, but as she went through the therapy uh, and all that, you know, there wasn't a lot of things changing. But what she began to realize was that some of the few joys that she even had in life, <clears throat> she had a, a three-year-old niece um, and she had a five-year-old nephew, and, and, and she began to realize that when she would babysit for them – um, she, would, she would feel the joy. Uh, that depression didn't have such a control on her. She had such a joy. And, you know, basically she was realizing during those times there, there was more. You know, she wasn't depressed. She wasn't down. And, you know, the story says that the children's favorite, one of the favorite things that they would do was a bedtime story before bed. And, and the children's favorite was about a circus on and, and and the story it had pretty much all the workings and uh, of, of what you would imagine a circus having and the best part of of the circus it wasn't the clowns it wasn't the tight uh, rope walkers or the tumblers but <clears throat> the favorite part um, was the elephants they loved it I loved it they you know the elephants were so powerful and I don't know they've just something about it they loved it and so. As time went on, there was a certain day that Jean saw an advertisement in the local paper, and it was announcing that a circus was uh, coming to town. So, I mean, you can just imagine what was going through Jean's mind There is that aunt, and surely, you know, one looking for joy. So, of course, she she began to call the parent and and uh, begin to talk about it, could the kids go and all that. And I'm telling you, the kids were ecstatic. They was. Man, they was they was so excited. The story said that their eyes it, it sparkled. Uh, I mean, it sparkled. They loved the cotton candy. They loved the peanuts. They they loved the fireworks, clowns, and all of it. But of course, what they loved the most was the elephants. And, and you can just imagine they loved the bedtime story. They loved this. And at the end of the performance, the the ringmaster he announced that the children five and under <clears throat> could ride an ride an elephant you pay a small fee they could ride the elephant well I mean you can only imagine uh, the little girl and the little boy they was absolutely begging they was begging the uh, their answer please can we please uh ride ride the elephants and they made deals with her oh we'll do this well I mean you know how children are and uh, of course you know she was going to agree with it. there's no way she uh she wasn't going to do that <clears throat> And while they was waiting their turn, now I want you to listen to this really closely. Um the the little five year old boy, he noticed a large elephant um and it was secured by a rope um that was tied to a tent stake that was driven into the ground. Now it wasn't thick, uh it wasn't a thick, heavy rope and, and the stake itself wasn't large. So I mean if common sense here surely to us adults would say this could be a problem really quick. That elephant is going to be able to break loose. And this five-year-old boy, and I mean, as excited as he was, <clears throat> and you know, at that age and his mindset, he even noticed why. Why is this elephant not breaking loose? And he actually asked the the trainer because it intrigued him so much. He said, "Sir, why doesn't this big, strong, powerful elephant trying to get away?" Um, you know, does he not know that the stake, it, it, it can't hold him, it can't hold him back, and now I want to stop right there, Hey, some of you today, you're the elephant, ain't you, you feel just like the elephant, you can't, you can't move, you can't move, and you really don't know how you got there, hey, amen, does that, that sound right, you don't really know how you got there, but let's go on with the story, the trainer said, Well, son, that's that's easy. Uh, That's an easy way to trick them. said, when the elephant was young and much smarter than they are during the circus, uh, so we tied them to a much stronger stake, one that it was secured to a heavy steel and cement pillar that was actually buried into the ground. And attached to the stake was a heavy chain um, that they used to keep the elephant tied down. Now, this young elephant, that was you know that was new and, and and smart and and young and becoming strong all they hated it the the elephant hated it they uh, the elephant would try to pull loose the elephant would run as as far as the chain would allow him uh, they would go on jerking on the chain trying to get free uh the trainer said that he would rear his trunk high in the air and trumpet it for everyone to hear He'd get angry. He'd yank on the chain until it almost would cut his ankles. But the problem was he was not strong enough to break free. And eventually, he just gave up. And the trainer said, that's when we knew that we had him. Now, did you hear that right there? At one point, that elephant that that was on the non-thick non-thick rope, and the little stake that he should have been able to just jerk out of there and go free. At one point, he was trying. At one point, he believed he could. But the trainer said, when he finally gave up, he finally gave up. In other words, when he finally accepted the notion that there's no more for me. He, the trainer said, that's when we knew we had him. And I want you to know today, that's when whatever it is in your life has you. When you get to the point in your life that you realize there is there's no more, that's when you're got. That's when you're that's when you lose. It ain't when you die, you lose. You lost in that moment. That that moment when you realize, hey, uh, none of my other generations had any more of God. I can't get no more of God. When you look around and you see everybody else in in, in the church and well, they they don't they can't get a no more of God or they don't want no more of God. So I you know I can't either. You know I, I'm at, I'm at my full potential. That's when it's gotcha. When when you get to the point where you say, well, I, I can't get healthy, I've got bad genetics, I've, you know, everybody down my last four or five generation, they had this and they had that wrong with them, and you know, I'm going to have it too. I might as well just live, you know, eat what I want, not worry about moving at all, or, you know, you know the you know the motion there. I've reached my full potential. Maybe it's financially. I'll, I'll always be in poverty. I'll always be broke. I remember I, um, I was talking to a young teenager. It's been a couple of years back. And, and oh, my goodness, he was, he was talented. And, I mean, artistic. He was, wow. If I had the talent, I, I feel like I would have done something with it. And, you know, I was trying to encourage him, you know, hey, buddy, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? Why don't you, you know, you can make a lot of money off of that. What, you know, what's your plans? And you know what his response was? And I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit just for the sake of the story. But in other words, he said, I- I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about having a job. I'm not worried about m- using my talent to make a career for myself. I- I'm, You know, my daddy didn't do it. The Government we lived off the government my grandparents they lived off the government i'm going to do the same thing in other words he was saying there's no more for me there is no more but let's continue on with this, with the story and he and the trainer said eventually he gave up and he said that's when we knew we had him and, and he said from then on all they would have to do is, is put a small stake and and a rope to keep the elephant, you know, there in place. And every time that he feels the rope or tug against the ankles, he remembers the pain. Now you think of this, this elephant is remembering this from the past. He remembers the pain and he thinks, oh, there, you know, I, I, that's as far as I can go. That's as far as I can get. And there's some of you right now listening, You, you know you're the same way. When there's an inkling of hope, there's something on the inside rises. And you look and say, hey, that could be me. Hey, that could be me. And, and I see that a lot on the spiritual side. I, I can preach the anointing of God could be moving. And, and you know, there'll be a call of God go out, whether it's for the church or whether it's for a sinner. And, and you can almost just see it on people's faces, that hope, that hope that it could be me. This could be me, and then all of a sudden, just like this elephant, they remember. They remember what somebody said. They remember what happened to somebody else. They remember this, and guess what they do? They they, they get back to that notion, like the little, like the big elephant did. He remembered as a little elephant. Oh, this is as far as I can go. And so as time as as time went on. Um, you know they they finally <clears throat> uh, you know they did their thing and, and they went on, uh, but as time went on, uh, and through the night, I believe it was the very the very night around midnight, and and this is so crazy, it, it's crazy. All of a sudden, at around the midnight time, they didn't know it, of course, the family didn't, but um, the aunt saw it. Maybe the next morning, I believe it was in the paper, and the front page it read. Fire Destroys Circus, and I mean, they had just been there the day before. They just, the children had just been there, and of course, you know, she had knew the conversation about the elephants and, uh, you know, how they, basically, they was tied up. I mean, not realistically, but basically, they were, and her mind began to wonder about those elephants, you know, they, they was convinced they couldn't ever get away. And she began to think, oh, no, how, how could those <clears throat> elephants, what happened to them? Uh, she knew they could, but, you know, they was in the mindset they couldn't be free. But all of a sudden, uh, they're in the, right in the <clears throat> midst of the fire uh, when it looked like that there was no hope. Uh, the story said that the elephants had somehow mustered the courage to overcome the pain of the past and break free. Can you imagine that? The whole time when there was no fire, when there was, when there was no fire, when there was no emergency, when, when it wasn't life and death, they had the ability to do it. But yet it took a life and death moment to get them to move. And so, right there in the flames, there's no doubt the heat was coming, and and basically their life was flashing before their eyes. They, the story said, they mustered the courage to overcome the pain of the past and break for and they broke free, and uh, and they and there they went out and they were saved. And you know, there's a lot of people today. Um, I, I, no doubt, you're like that. And, and I've seen that, too. Unfortunately, I've seen that, too. A lot of people, when it gets life and death, and when it's them and the flames, they make a change. They realize that there's more. But I, I wonder how much they miss out on in life. Have you ever thought about that? Sure. I'm glad. <clears throat> I'm glad when somebody, when they get the bad news... Hey, I'm glad if, if they can get more of God, Hallelujah! I'm glad for them. Hear me, I, I am. I am so glad. Okay, I'm glad for them because because they need it. It's it's been there for them. Hey, when 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 somebody gets that bad doctor report, let's say on the health side, and and, and all of a sudden the doctor is telling them, Hey, if you don't change your ways, you, you know you're going to die. You, you know you know how that that's you know conversation goes. Hey, I'm happy for them that they change, that they change their lifestyle, and man, they, I mean, they change, and and, and they add no doubt years to their life. Hey, I'm I'm glad financially when when rock bottom hits and and they they get in the worst. I'm I'm glad they get themselves in the right shape. I am I'm glad, but I wonder how much of their life they missed out on. How much more? Did they lose out on in their life? Just simply because they was in the mindset that I'm at my full potential. There, There's no more for me. I'm just, I'm just me, <clears throat> no hope, no future, no life. I'm just, you know, I'm just a failure. I'm just as the beggar man. I'm just like the, you know, I'm just like the elephants. But I was thinking about that, and I've come up with, Three simple things here that I want to share with you. And I feel like if we would implement them, uh, it would it would change our entire life. And I'm serious. And, and this is going to be so simple that you are going to say, Andrew, this ain't going to change nothing. But I promise you that if we could just implement these changes to these categories, you may not notice a change tomorrow morning. You may not notice a change uh, or significant change next week or even next month. But if you will be consistent, you will begin to see your life change. And, it, and it's and very simple. These are very simple things. Okay, are you ready? All right, first thing, let's start with the spiritual because I believe in, in putting the Lord first in all things right Uh, seek you first the kingdom of heaven all right so you know a lot of us and and before I get into that let me read this quote and and I read it and I thought okay that that is so that is so uh it's almost so simple that it's almost crazy but but this was uh by Thomas Jefferson he said I'm a great believer in luck he said the harder I work the more I have of it. And you say, well, I don't believe in luck, preacher. You missed the whole point (laughs) of the quote. I'm a great believer in luck, he said. And the harder I work, the more of it I have. So in other words, what he was saying is it's not luck, he said, but it's the hard work that I put into it. And uh, that's where the luck, so-called luck, comes in. He said it's the hard work. So let's look at the, the spiritual side of things for all of you there that you, you feel like you have reached your full potential. I can't get no closer preacher uh, I, I I can't have no gifts I can't have no anointing i I, I can't have no blessing uh, nobody I in my family trees had it so I can't you know I got saved one time yes I believe a preacher got forgiven but that's it. God don't want use me. God ain't got nothing for me. You know, I'm just, I'm just a nobody. Hopefully, I can make it in. Okay, well, let's let's calm down a little bit. All right, first thing, if you want to find your potential, if you want to find your potential and and receive the more, try this on the spiritual side, and it works. If you simply, and and you can do the math, <clears throat> if you will simply. Add 15 minutes, 15 minutes per day to your praying. Oh, preacher, 15 minutes ain't nothing. Preacher, 15 minutes, that, that ain't going to change nothing. Try it. 15 minutes a day, you got to realize how much that would change your spiritual walk. If you would do this consistently for one week, do you know how much time that is? That's 100 and 5 minutes per week that you would be talking to the lord more spending time in prayer with him and if you want to look at that a little deeper that's that's an extra hour and 45 minutes and and of course all these times is approximate them they're probably point this point that but all right let's be consistent for a month 15 minutes a day praying that is 450 minutes Okay, oh, well, that ain't too much, preacher. That's seven hours and 30 minutes extra per month that you're praying. Oh, preacher, that ain't going to change that. Okay, let's do it consistently for six months. That is 2,737 and a half minutes. In other words, that is 46 hours And seven minutes. And if you want to go on a little farther, that's almost two days extra. One day, 22 hours, and I think maybe three minutes. Almost two days. All right, well, preacher, that ain't going to do nothing. Well, let's do it for a year. That is 5,475 minutes. In other words, that is 91 hours, 15 minutes, and if you want to simplify that down, that is almost four days' worth that you added onto your prayer life simply by adding 15 minutes per day. Preacher, I've not got an extra 15 minutes. I don't. I don't have an extra 15 minutes. Can you not spread out five minutes, three times a day? Come on now, oh preacher, there's just no more for me. Can you can you not find three times a day <clears throat> where you could add five minutes of praying praying in? Could you not get out of the bed five minutes earlier? Could you not shave off five minutes of your lunch time at work? Oh well, preacher, I gotta have my my lunch, and my dessert. You don't need the dessert. You know it just as good as I do. You don't need it. Wouldn't it be be How much better would the five minutes praying be? Okay? That is literally almost four days of praying per year, four entire 24-hour days by simply adding 15 minutes per day of praying, and you think you have reached your full potential. And you say, well, preacher, I can't add no four days. That's simple, very simple math. Fifteen minutes extra per day would get you almost four days worth of praying extra a year. It's not too hard, is it? Just simple, just very, very simple. Now, look on the health side. I mentioned that. Uh, That we talk about uh, health just a little bit. Let's do the same thing, okay? Because we're we're just trying to add, you know, implement some very simple, simple things, okay? We're not trying to change your whole life around, but in a sense, we are. So, Let's do the 15-minute thing, okay? Because I think you can, I think if you do your best in a 24-hour period, you can add 15 minutes of praying and 15 minutes for your health. I really believe in you that me and you both could find 30 minutes, okay, extra in a 24-hour period. So if you think about it, if you only, if you took 15 minutes out of your day and added it to your walking, okay, okay, Oh, well, they, Andrew, there's no use. If I can't exercise hard and sweat for an hour, there's no use. That's foolish. That is foolish. What do you think is better? Sitting there on the couch for the 15 minutes or walking. What do you think is better? Drinking that pop, eating that cake that you weren't even, even hungry, or walking 15 minutes, okay? If you just add 15 minutes of your walking every single day, that is over 91 hours worth of movement in one year did you just hear what i said to you that is over 91 hours worth of movement in one year that's 5475 minutes <clears throat> and at a pace of 3 mile, mile per hour and that's not hard honestly Fifteen minute at, at, at three mile per hour. Um, that that's not really complicated. Now there's some that can't do it. I understand. Uh, you know, I understand health whatever. Um, you know the case may be. I understand that. But I'm talking to people that can. A, a pace of three mile per hour for that fifteen minutes. Listen, to this you would be walking a extra two hundred and seventy four miles per year. Now did you hear that? Two hundred and seventy four miles per year. Folks, this is just adding. This is just adding fifteen minutes per day. Wow. That that is great. So just by simply, and I want you to look at this. If you would just simply Add 30 minutes, 15 for praying, and 15 for exercising. That is, that's going to change your spiritual walk. That is going to change your health. That, that's going to change it. Like I said, you may not see you know everything change overnight. You may not see everything change in a week, but I can guarantee you, if you will make this your lifestyle, you will realize there is more. Now the third point I mentioned about <clears throat> financially, and I, I'm telling you, we see this a lot, and, and we uh, we've all been there. We've, uh, or most of us, no doubt, have, has been there where we feel like we've we've reached our full potential. You know, we're you know we're we're from this area, or we're from this family or we're from this or that we're not going to have nothing and, and I'll be honest you know it um as, as good as I do and surely Appalachia there's a lot of people that's gave up I'll always be uh, just getting by I'll always be paycheck to paycheck I never can go on that family vacation I never can do that I, I begin to figure up a little bit and it's, and, and at first, and like I mentioned, just like with the spiritual side, just with the health side, it's it's almost going to sound crazy in the beginning, but if you just do the math with me, you'll see that it works. <clears throat> if you basically, um, and, and and please understand, I know that there's some people that can't even do this, okay, you're not at this point, but majority is, okay, this is going to affect majority, <clears throat> so simply let's do a little simple easy thing here. If you save one hundred dollars a month, now there's some right now <clears throat> I can't save nothing. Andrew, I can't save nothing. I'm gonna be nothing. I'm gonna be broke. I'm gonna be poor. That's just it. Um, that's all I'm gonna be. Okay, well, <clears throat> if you can't you can't understand. But to you that just saying that just listen at me. If you save one hundred dollars now, I'm not talking about investing. I'm not talking about uh, any stocks. I'm not talking about any interest. I'm just talking one hundred dollars flat per month. Now that's simple math. Three months you'll have three hundred. <clears throat> six months you'll have six hundred. One year you'll have twelve hundred. Uh, if you do that for five years, you'll have six thousand. Ten, ten years, you'll have twelve thousand. Now, I know this ain't, you know, huge amounts of money, but I want you to see here how this sort of boils down. Where you can do more. You can do more than what you realize. Uh, it basically boils down. You know, a lot of people. I can't. I can't do the one hundred dollars a month. I just can't do it. Well, can you do the twenty-five a week? No, no, there's I, I, there's no way I can do the twenty-five a week. So I begin to, I kept studying a little bit. I kept <clears throat> just doing some math here and thinking about it. That boils down to three dollars and fifty-seven cents per day. Oh no, Andrew, I can't, I can't save three dollars fifty cents a day. You know, I'm just, I've reached my limit. I, I can't do nothing. Well, I begin to study that just a little bit. And a study here that I read, and it was by, <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me. And it was uh, data that was collected by Numbio And it was the average meal at a major fast food brand. Uh, so in other words, basically your fast food local, fast food chain uh, businesses. And, and I feel like this is accurate um, is is basically eight dollars per person. And, and one thing I noticed, uh, you know, about a lot of people is uh, that works. And and you gotta eat. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they usually go out. And I don't know if it's they really want the food or if they're just getting away from the job, whatever it may be. But they they will usually hit the restaurant up. It don't matter if it's McDonald's or uh, Wendy's or Arby's or Crystal's. I mean, you name it, they they'll hit it up. And it's just them, you know, their own lunch. But if, if you get a meal, the the average is pretty much right, eight dollars. It'd be eight dollars per meal. And the study went on a little bit, and it said that basically, um, if you make the meal uh, at home, you can eat for four dollars. So I'm getting to think about that. <clears throat> so basically, what that is saying. If you would take your lunch to work, instead of going out to eat at that restaurant, you saved $4 a lunch. Well, funny thing is, to save $100 a year, all you need is $3.57. So basically what that is letting me know, here's just a little simple thing for you. If you want to get to the point you that is struggling with the finances, where you can save $100 a year. Just, just switch your lunch from restaurant to home. Take your lunch. There's your $4 a day. And you say, well, okay, that ain't, that's not going to add up to much. Well, it's an extra 1200 you didn't have per year. <clears throat> that don't add up. Okay, well, <clears throat> same, same aspect goes. And I, I just begin to think about it. If you have a family of four, A family of four and you all went to that same restaurant, local McDonald's, local Wendy's, whatever it may be, and it's eight dollars per meal, right? You have family of four, that is thirty-two dollars. Thirty-two dollars. And all you would have to do, all you would have to do, you wouldn't have to quit going out and eating forever. You wouldn't have to quit going out uh two or three, you know, whatever you all do. But if just one time per week you switch that from eating at that local restaurant to eating at home, of course it would be cut in half. So, in other words, 32 minus 16 will be 16. And if you did that one time per week, instead of going out to that restaurant and just eating that meal at home, if you did that every week, that would be $64 per month. Okay. So then you do the sixty-four per month. You do that every month for a year. Guess what you've got? Seven hundred and sixty-eight dollars, up to uh, maybe even over eight hundred dollars. And if you the bare minimum, all that money that you save with launch the twelve hundred plus the seven hundred and sixty-eight, you literally have almost two thousand dollars per year that you have saved by one simple choice. Now, you understand, you say, well, preacher, you've got a lot of numbers right there. You've, you've kind of lost me. What I'm saying is there is more. What could you do with that $2,000 that you thought that you couldn't even get? There's your family vacation that you never could go on. There's there's maybe a couple of days off work you could rest. There's maybe... A, groceries that you could buy there's maybe more school clothes more school supplies you understand you understand what i'm saying here today there is more for you there is more for you you're at a place right now some of you's there spiritually some of you are there in your health some of you are there in your finances some of you there is there in whatever category but as we get ready to close here today, one simple decision, one simple change could change everything for you. There is more. There is more. Don't wait till the doctor is is saying, hey, we've we've done everything. <clears throat> quit quit waiting until God is having to get your attention. Quit waiting until you uh, you you have no financial option and, and you fall into the traps that um, these banks and all that get you in. don't don't get to that point. There is more for you right now. and it is my hope and it is my desire that you will that you will accept that and become all that God has created you to be because he's got plans. God didn't create you to be a nobody. God didn't create you to be. <clears throat> um at, at your low potential he wants you to get at your full potential but we we thank you so much for tuning in today we hope it's been a blessing to you and uh and we are so excited i hope we hear good things from this i hope people's life gets changed and uh it can happen but it's up to you that one simple decision and uh, there is more may god bless you